Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plastering, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, he's back, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Very, very warm welcome to everybody. Welcome back after... Oh, a week off for the podcast, but two weeks uh, for me. We are back. Uh, Adam did a fantastic yes. job uh, when he stood in uh, for me a couple of weeks ago. So this is episode number 218 now. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in to our last show and also the shows before that. We know that people are still not in their routines yet. Um, so obviously our listening numbers aren't as, uh, as, as high as they usually are, but we appreciate everyone that's taken... Uh, the time uh, to listen to us. This week, we've got a fortnight's news roundup, a review of our first loss of the season against Cheltenham. Lots and lots of views. And I think without further ado, let's just crack on. And as always, we start with a sponsorship note. Yeah, so AJF Plastering proudly sponsor the Orient Outlook podcast. They are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems, and you must know this by now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you need or want any more information, you can get hold of Adam and the team various ways. They've got a brand new shiny website at www.ajfplastering.co.uk or you can email the boys at ajfplastering at outlook.com or they're on Facebook at ajfplastering or you can get Adam on Twitter at Big Ads L-O-F-C. And I must say, he was really good uh, as a co-host. Always been a bridesmaid, never a bride. Stepped in the spotlight and done really well. So thank you to Adam for stepping in two weeks ago. That, that cracked me up when you said that. And also, he cracked me up when he said, fur coat, no knickers, referring to a certain player. <laughs> I thought that was absolute genius. Brilliant. Um so moving on then to uh, just one piece of uh, AOB, and we're not normally ones to uh, to do this, but we think it's um, we think it's a nice thing to be doing. The Leighton Orient ladies team are looking for player sponsorship. If anybody is interested in sponsoring one of the uh, players in the ladies team, it's just a hundred and fifty pounds to do so for the season. I'm sure they would absolutely welcome uh, the income and revenue uh, from you. Uh, you get that there's a package on offer there of what that does entail, but you just need to email leightonorientwfc at gmail.com. That's leightonorientwfc at gmail.com. Uh, if you get in touch with them, I'm sure they would be ever so grateful to anybody who is able to sponsor a player. Yeah, great call there. Every penny counts uh, in every aspect of the football yeah. club, the ladies team, uh, just as well as the men. So good point there, Mr Levy. Well spotted. So let's move on in to the fortnight that was the crazy fortnight. Let's I do mean, a quick round-up. There's never ever a straightforward week at Leighton Orient. Well, in the last six years since we've been doing the podcast, anyway, yeah. this fortnight has been a bit crazy. It's been absolutely <laughs> chaotic, like you wouldn't believe it. You're absolutely right. There's never a dull moment at Lane Orient. There's always something going on. And when I remember, um, I think Dave Victor asked me when I was doing commentary that time when I was in the, is it, I was on the media gantry about sort of when we first got going. And I remember our conversation was, how are we going to talk about Orient for half an hour? Like nothing ever happens on, on a fortnightly basis at first. Yeah, yeah, like we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to fill half an hour, and here we are, probably at four minutes in, not not going to be able to <laughs> shut up for an hour and twenty minutes. But there we go. Come on then. So Monday, Monday, the twenty first of September. It's always a Coulson Monday, never more so than the twenty first of September, where it was Happy Josh Coulson Day, and a massive thank you to Josh for appearing on the last episode 
of the podcast, giving up his time. He was fantastic. He was great. Thank you to Josh. We hope everyone had a fantastic Josh Corson day. Absolutely. As everyone was looking forward to the upcoming Carabao Cup game against Spurs, at about 20 past one, the club put out the following statement. It says, following our game on Saturday the 19th of September, COVID-19 testing was conducted on all of our first team playing squad. Uh, as the uh, announcement was made on the 21st of uh, September, they go on to say, we received formal confirmation today, which shows that a number of our first team uh, squad have tested positive for COVID-19. The statement went on to say, we have informed the EFL and Tottenham Hotspur and will make a further announcement regarding Tuesday's match shortly. We've also informed Mansfield Town, Plymouth Argyle and Odom Athletic, our three most recent opponents prior to the public release of this information. Later on, its priority is the health mm-hmm. and well-being of its players and staff. Those who have tested positive will now strictly follow government self-isolation guidelines. The Braybridge Stadium and training ground facilities will be closed until further notice. And at this time, the club will make no further comment. So, I guess, after Saturday's match, it was evident that the players were being COVID tested because I think Jacob Ransom had tweeted that because they were being tested on the pitch. So he'd said the players have been tested at the request of Spurs in the upcoming game. And I didn't really think much of it at the time. Although in hindsight, we'd obviously knew there was a bug, which had been alluded to in several yeah, clubs yeah. interviews. And listening back to Josh Coulson's interview in hindsight, at points, you can tell he was gasping and probably wasn't feeling great. Obviously, he came off at Plymouth and alluded to that he wasn't feeling great. So in hindsight, the clues were probably there. We just never... You don't don't look for them if you're not looking for them, right? Yeah, absolutely. So... Read out what you've written. I was just shell-shocked. There was nothing really more to say. You're reading it going, man, really? Five games in. Great great start to the season. You've got Tottenham to look forward to. Only Orient, and I alluded to that when I went on to the VAR side, the VAR side podcast. Only Leighton Orient, A, could draw Tottenham Hotspur in a cup and where no fans would be present. Yeah. B, <laughs> they'd not even be able to play the tie due to the you know, yeah. percentage of the team getting COVID-19. Mm. Where, where's your luck? Yeah, absolutely. And I wrote down a little bit more than that. I was surprised, but in a way <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, having been to a hotspot like Oldham while they were in a lockdown in the last couple of weeks this was obviously at that time that I'm writing this um, and also the fact that players weren't in isolation meant that if just one person caught it it would spread like wildfire um, you know they're on a coach for hours at a time they're in hotel rooms together um, you know they're obviously their partners and their kids are going to schools and offices and whatever work the, the partners do etc so you know they're not in a self-contained bubble they're not staying locked down in a hotel together training and eating and keeping separate from the rest of the world because that's just not happening at any level of football so it is no surprise to me that that happened which is why I wrote I'm not surprised but I'm just shocked to the level that we got it um, to be fair Um, so you know look what can you do they they took the precautionary measures and and we move on yeah so despite lots of rumours throughout the rest of the day that the O's would have to forfeit the tie there was no news forthcoming so it was still up in the air whether or not we'd be playing Tottenham the following day so on to Huey Tuesday the 22nd of September the day of the big match had finally arrived and there was a lot of chat amongst fans on social media as to the likelihood of the match going ahead with O's chairman Nigel Travers appearing on TalkSport and Sky Sports News, amongst many other news outlets, as he revealed the club would stand to lose £150,000 just in profit 
if the Spurs game did not go ahead and there was a team of players in place who could play who had been socially distant from the players who had tested positive for COVID-19. So, I mean, 150k without any fans through the door. So, you're not even talking about any kind of merch, any sales, tickets, sales. Yeah. That's an incredible amount of money in these times as well. That's so probably you... a three or four hundred thousand pound payday just yeah. for one game. Oh, absolutely. On but a Tuesday night. I think you have to give props to Nigel. He was very here, there, and everywhere getting his and the club's point <laughs> across. Do you know what? It, it's one that a lot of clubs might have shied away from, but with our management and the way that I think Nigel deals with it, it's like, no, get out there and tell your story. Don't let other people tell your story for you because they're going to get it wrong. And I think from Nigel's perspective and probably Kent and, and the rest of the board, it's this is what's actually happening. You're hearing it from the horse's mouth. This is the challenge that we've got. And this is the way, this is the way that you should be looking at it because this is how it's affecting Leighton Orient. Kudos to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think the key point that no one's really touched upon is that we had a team, COVID-free team, who'd obviously been tested and had tested negative, who were ready to play. Yeah. So from that perspective, I'm not saying we should have played at Brisbane Road or at the training ground because those areas were shut, quite rightly so. But we, we could have played at a neutral Training ground. And played it at Tottenham. Could have played it anywhere. There for were the, no fans. For the difference it's going to make with no fans, play it at Tottenham's ground then. Yeah, just really disappointing. So we kind of waited and waited. The game was due to kick off at six o'clock and the announcement finally came at four o'clock. Was so just oh, two six, hours, yeah. two hours before kickoff, yeah. the club put out the following statement, which said tonight's Carabao Cup match between Leighton Orient and Tottenham Hotspur is not taking place this evening. The scheduled discussions are ongoing between the relevant stakeholders in regards to the implications of the fixture not taking place tonight and a further update will be provided in due course. Um, Leighton Orient, the EFL and the relevant authorities are conducting a thorough review of the club's COVID-19 secure procedures with the view to reopening the stadium and training ground as soon as possible. I think also it's worth pointing out that I think Sky Sports News at least were the ones on their ticker on the rolling ticker that it had been called off and this was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. Yeah, I mean, as the day got shorter and shorter in effect and you were waiting for more news, you knew it wasn't going to be good news. Yeah. You were just hoping that we weren't going to be kicked out of the tournament and we were going to be able to replay the fixture. Obviously, Spurs' fixture, fixture list is massively congested yeah. because of the Premier League and their UEFA Cup or Europa League um, extravagances. Yeah. So... At this point, it was. I wasn't surprised the game wasn't going ahead, but could we not find another date to do it on? That was my big thing because I, I agree. But they're playing, and I don't know why they want to get this Carabao Cup played as, as quickly as possible. It's like literally week after week, and, you, and you, we're already at the semi finals yeah. at some point. I think we're at quarter finals well, quarters now. Yeah. Quarters are now. So, what, why do we need to congest that into one month? I don't like. If if again it's down to the league and it's 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 not down to Carabao, it's down to the league to say, okay, actually you know what? We've got this tie, otherwise give it to Plymouth. Let them have that if we have to forfeit. Not that I'm a fan of giving it to Plymouth, but so that the, the integrity of the thing, why not? What difference? Yeah, so the rules state that if you can't pay out a team for the Carabao Cup, you have to forfeit the tie. And this is where kind of everyone's unease at this point was yeah. coming into because not Nigel had been asked this question. Yeah, pretty much on every show he'd been on, and even he was saying he thought it was unlikely that the tie would be taking place at this point, and that we would have to forfeit it. So at this point, everyone's just hoping that that wouldn't be the case. 
And the biggest challenge, the biggest issue that's come from this is the fact that we did the right and honourable and morally yeah. correct thing of having our players tested, A, for their health and safety, but also for that of Spurs' health and safety, um, of their players and their staff and whatnot, and yet we're being penalised and punished for it when the likes of... Hull City. Hull, Brentford and a couple of others, West Ham, David Moyes and two of their players had COVID, but yet their tie still went ahead. Yeah, it's just... I know we're talking about more players, but the fact is we've done the morally right thing and been punished for it. So therefore, as Nigel said on these in, in these interviews, it is now leading people to say, well, no, we don't want to be tested because if we have got it, we're not going to be able to play that game. Absolutely. Then in hindsight, we probably... Should have said no. Would have said no. If... If, if you, you could go in a time machine, if you can get into a DeLorean and hit 88 miles an hour and go and see Mr. Travis or Mr. T or Mr. Mackin and go, you can do the right thing here, but you're going to lose out on a big payday and you're not going to play the tie and it's going to hinder right. your great start to the season. What do you do? I think morally, that's a very difficult question to answer. I think their moral compass is that strong that I don't think they would have played it. You're probably right, but not many football chairmen would, would have that compass. I think zero other. Not many. Zero other football <laughs> chairmen would have that moral compass. Would have that compass. Um, disappointing, obviously, but inevitable, I think, from my perspective. You know, it's getting later and later in the day. If it's going to be on, they would have said much earlier in the day. Yeah, I agree. Now, bad news is buried. I agree. As best as possible. But let's move on. So... After this kind of got announced, then things started taking a pleasant and positive turn. Out of a bad thing has come a good thing. An amazing thing. So at this point, Spurs fans are going, right, it's pretty clear that and your chairman's gone on record as saying you've lost 150k. So And, start, and we're going to lose an extra 1.5 million this season because just of from COVID. COVID. Yeah. So several Spurs fans at this point started saying, well, what can we do to help out? late in Orient and there was a few suggestions from fans going well why don't we buy some stuff some merch from the club shop give that to Orient fans and then this started kind of gaining momentum and in the space of two or three hours gained enough momentum for the club then to highlight this on their own social media channels so the club put then um, put out a statement or a tweet saying following on from the goodwill gestures of Tottenham Hotspur fans the club have outlined a process for supporters to donate children's kits. The donations will go to children at Whips Cross Hospital as well as Haven House Children's Hospice. Two of our partners from Harry Kane's front of shirt sponsorship with delivery fees raised being donated to the JE3 Foundation. I mean, what an absolutely superb, ingenious idea. Not just for the hospices, but for the JE3 Foundation as well. And, you know, we put out a tweet that evening just a generic thank you tweet to Tottenham fans and that got over a thousand likes. That's our second ever most engaged tweet, which was incredible really. But it was just a, a lovely thing to see. Leighton Orient and Tottenham have always been close, um, you know, over recent years. You've got Harry Kane, you've got Justin, there's connections with Martin Ling, there's connections Ross. with Ross Embleton. Andros Town, like there's there's so many little connections here and, and there. Poppy. Wayne Burnett, like lo- like loads when you yeah. look at it. So it was really nice to see um, what started happening that evening, even to the point where we had Orient fans going, "What about me? I can't buy any merch because it's all sold out now on the club through the club shop." <laughs> 
Oh, the greater good there. So that rounds up the Spurs tie. Unfortunately, we didn't get to cover cover that in as much detail as what we would have liked. But we're going to move on now to Wednesday, the 23rd of September, and a very happy 23rd birthday to young goalkeeper Sam Sargent. Yeah, happy birthday, Sam. The club announced in the morning that thanks to the generosity of Spurs fans, the club shop had sold, at that point, over 20k worth of products. And that was later highlighted um, in the Q&A that we'll talk about. It, it was pretty much 50 grand over 50 grand sales yeah. in a week where the club shop normally does five. So an absolutely phenomenal effort from all involved. And like we said, you know, we're very grateful to, to all Spurs fans who put their money in the pocket. Because, you know, the shirts, football shirts aren't the cheapest of things these days. 40, 45, 50 quid, depending on the Easy. Club. Yeah, yeah. So well done once again. And also, um, we had a DM from a guy um, in Spain, Seville, Seville, Spurs. Seville Spurs, who wanted to offer a kit to a Spur, an Orient fan who perhaps had fallen on hard times and couldn't afford one and wanted one. And we were just literally, I was just, we were messing each other. like, how do we facilitate this? And then I literally saw that club, yeah. the club tweet, and he saw it as well. And he said, don't worry, I'll, I'll do it through that. So, you know, um, amazing, amazing gesture. At half past nine that same evening, though, the Evening Standard ran an exclusive that Spurs were set to be given a bye to the Carabao Cup fourth round against Chelsea after Orient dropped their bid to have the third round rescheduled, although this was not confirmed by either club at that point. Yeah, so let's move on in Thursday, the 24th of September, a very important day if you live in the Nussbaum household. At around 4.20, the club announced a live Q&A with Nigel Travis, Ken T, Danny Macklin and Ross Embleton would be taking place at 8pm on the club's YouTube channel. At 6.15, the club confirmed that the upcoming game, Away to Warsaw, has been suspended and issued the following statement. It said, due to the number of positive cases of COVID-19 within the Leighton Orient squad and the requirement for players and staff to subsequently self-isolate as per EFL and government guidance, the club has advised the EFL it considers it is unable to safely fulfil this weekend's fixtures. The circumstances surrounding the postponement will now be subject of FA... Uh, sorry, of investigation in accordance with EFL regulations. I mean, no surprise that that game got called off there, yeah. like, at all. Yeah, Because, obviously, obviously you got quarantined for 14 days, yeah. or 10 days, depending on what your results came back as. So there was no way we were ever going to make that match. But it was good that that announcement took place earlier rather than later. I mean, this, this is the Thursday before the game, so yeah. it couldn't be any one... You know, wondering what was going on. That was good action there by the EFL. We got that out 48 hours before that match was supposed to kick off. Yeah. Not two hours before, like 48 hours, like clear definition of what was supposed to happen. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. And I, I agree, it was done in good time. I, I always suspect that, you know, the, the fact that the Spurs game was going to be called off was going to be called off, just they delayed doing that until the latest possible moment. Mm. So, uh, all good. Then at 8 o'clock, the live Q&A took place with Nigel, Kent, Danny and Ross. Yeah, very good Q&A there. An hour 20. So, yeah, very decent. informative, very um, in-depth. Lots of questions asked. It's still on the club's YouTube channel. Well worth a watch if you have a spare hour and 20 available. So, moving on into Mooney, Friday, the 25th of September. It's 11am. The news we'd all been expecting came as the EFL issued the following statement. It started off by saying, in accordance with Carabao Cup rules, Tottenham Hotspur have been awarded the, uh, with a bye to progress to round four of the Carabao Cup and will now play Chelsea on Tuesday the 29th of September. Yes, I want to say the round three tie scheduled for Tuesday the 22nd of September between Leighton and Tottenham Hotspur could not take place following the issue by Wolfram Forest Borough Council 
of an order preventing the match being played as planned. The following, sorry, this followed a number of Leighton Orient players testing positive for COVID-19. The statement finished by saying the EFL board has determined that in line with Carabao Cup Rule 5.1, the club was unable to fulfil its obligations to complete the fixture by virtue of the council's order and shall therefore forfeit the tie. Disaster for, for honesty, really, isn't it? Um, and integrity. Well, it's like you said now, if a Premier <laughs> League ask a league club to go and do a COVID test, whether that's in the next round of the Carabao Cup, or well, I don't FA know if there are any teams in it, why would you say yes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, look at West Ham and Hull. Yeah. They had cases, and or, or Hull refused, and West Ham had cases, had cases and the game still went ahead. <laughs> Uh, having a strong moral compass doesn't seem to be the way to be successful. I still feel Spurs' squad wouldn't have been strong and we could have had a fair chance of getting into round four. No. I say that because I don't think... Well, Gareth Bale wouldn't be playing. I doubt Harry Kane would be playing. I doubt Heung-Min Son would be playing because they'll have had... One no, eye. but Jose after Southampton did, was kind of mentioning players who would be playing and they weren't unknowns. So he, he said Hart would be playing. He said Delhi would yeah. be playing. Lamella... Like these are all players by name who he mentioned who would be playing. It wouldn't have been. I think Kane would have got on for ten minutes. I reckon. I do think we would have seen Harry as a as a good ball gesture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't have been a, a, as weak as what I thought. Right. And okay. I, I, you know, we would. I, Fair point. We, I didn't we may that. have given him a game. We, I don't think we would have won, but that's really beside the point. Really, isn't it? In terms of the game, you never know. I mean, you look at the scores tonight. Very true. <laughs> look at the scores for tonight's uh, football. Very true. Spurs and the Villa. For me, I mean, it's very disappointing. It, if the roles would have been reversed, I would have been very interested to see what would have happened if Spurs had yeah. an outbreak of COVID. Yeah, true. And whether we would have got the bye. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully, the only positive you can take is that hopefully the EFL learn from this um, and for all football clubs and they learn how to do better processes in a much more efficient way. Um but you know, like you've said, when you get punished for doing the right thing, then what's 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 the, what's the incentive the right for doing thing? it? Why would you do it? Why would clubs now do that when they got a big pay? If they got a big payday against yeah. a Premier League team, why would you do it? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Absolutely not. And this is a precedent set for the FA yeah. Cup now. Of course it is. Which is a bigger competition, arguably. A million percent. Yeah, yeah. So, hopefully, we we'll see Spurs in the third round. You never know. <laughs> Strange things. So to happen, finish yeah. off, um, to finish off the day, and a piece of good news: the club were named as a winner in the sponsorship category in the Leaders in Sport Awards due to the front of shirt sponsorship with Harry Kane. So well done yeah. to everybody involved with that one. Yeah, well done everyone. So Saturday, the twenty sixth of September. So a day where we should have been um, playing Walsall away yeah. at Bescott. Just turned out to be a very quiet day, as most other League Two fixtures happened with the expense of Grimsby and Cheltenham. So that game got called off because of an outbreak of COVID Throughout at Grimsby. Grimsby. Although mm. Stevenage had a COVID outbreak and they still managed to play their game. I think that was like one player who tested positive. I think Grimsby was free at the time. Um, but again, still massive kind of inadequacies in terms of Orient's game was off, Grimsby's game was off, but Stevenage played. Like, How do you... Decide draw and how you decide because you know it's such an unknown entity Entity, this virus is that you just don't know do you so a strange day um, last Saturday 100% agree with you and the fact that there is this 
um, imbalance in decision making mm. and, and the fact that it's alright for one but not for another and it's alright for this one but not for that one and oh you all have to forfeit but you don't have to because you didn't opt to test yeah it, it's just badly run by the EFL um, moving on then to Sunday the 27th of September the O's ladies were in action away to Enfield Town and were beaten 3-1 as a Nayara Denny uh, goal um Sorry, let me read that again. The O's ladies were in league action away to Enfield Town and were beaten 3-1 as Nayara Denny scored for the O's who were beaten by two late goals. Unlucky to the ladies there. Sorry for my poor reading. <laughs> yeah. Monday 28th of September, a quiet day but one where Dan Happy turned 22. It's a massive happy birthday to Dan Happy. And like we said in our tweet, played over 100 games now for Leighton Orient. 22. 22. Very good prospect. Amazing, isn't it? Very good prospect, yeah. Doing really well so far this season. Very good, very good. Tuesday the 29th of September, the club announced their September Goal of the Month vote and the nominees were... Goal A was Danny Johnson against Forrest Green where he's lobbed the goalkeeper. Connor Wilkinson also in the same game where he's picked the ball up on the right wing and driven and and smashed that uh, effort under the keeper. Danny Johnson's goal in the Brighton under-23s game and then Joby McEnough's goal was goal D... For against Plymouth, uh, the touch and that chip over the keeper was just absolutely sublime, and I don't think there's, there's any arguments really as to who who's going to win this one. All of those goals it. were quality goals. So yeah. I remember like a goal of the uh, month uh, decision, or like four. Back, I think it was like February or Jan. It might have been, been last October where the club couldn't even get four goals. It was like a penalty or like a tap in, and now you're looking at this going. Any one of those four goals could be goal of the month. And one of them might even be goal of the season. Potentially, yeah. potentially all great goals, but the winner, like you said, unsurprisingly, well done to Mr. Joby McEnough. Yeah, well done, Joby. Rolling back the years. So moving on then to Wednesday, the 30th of September, and it was happy International Podcast Day. Who knew? I only found out because it was You've trending well. on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, who knew? 30th of September is happy International Podcast Day. So from us, your favourite podcast, to you, listening at the moment yeah happy international podcast. and to all the other podcasters out there happy international podcast day staying with wednesday the 30th then the club announced its player of the month nominees for september josh coulson danny johnson joby McEnough, and lawrence vigaru were the four nominees um and i think all four players have had a great start to the season there's obviously only going to be in my opinion the one winner um, the club put the tweet out sort of mid-morning and only gave it less than a couple of hours. I don't quite understand why it was such a short time period when the announcement wasn't made until Thursday. It could have done a 24 hours and garnered a lot more voting. But for me, I think there was only going to be one winner. Yeah, I agree. When you saw the list, they've all had they're all worthy. They've all had good what months. Call it? Really yeah. good months. But there was only yeah, I agree. Only one winner who will come come on to uh, very shortly. So later. In the day, XO Gabby Zakuani announced his retirement from full-time professional football at the tender age of 34. Yeah, superb pro. We'll always remember his time with us forever and wish him all the best in the next stage of his career and whatever his future holds for him. So he said, he alluded to something in his video message, but remains to be seen. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Later in the day, the club announced that the upcoming match at home against Cheltenham Town on Saturday, the 3rd of October, will go ahead as the period of self-isolation for the players and staff will be over and after meetings with Public Health, Waltham Forest and Public Health, Epping Forest, the relevant safety approvals are in place. So, <laughs> at the time, I put this is great news, but I didn't think this would happen. So I'm still unsure 
and I, I think we'll get enough tweets alluding to it post Cheltenham that I don't see how this game went ahead because even though I mean it's not if you have to isolate and I'm very wary this is a football podcast so I don't want to get too medical but you've got to isolate for 14 days right? 10 or 14 14 if you live with the person 10 if you've got it Fine. apparently so you know it's just it's just bizarre because it gives you no way that you could set up a, a team to you might have a team being able to play on paper but that team wouldn't be fit or ready or whatever but obviously we've got lots and lots of content coming so up I think there's two again I'm not I'm not medical either but I think there's two ways to look at it those that present with symptoms and those that present without symptoms the asymptomatic group so those that don't present so for example God forbid I could have it and I'd never know because I don't get the breathlessness I don't lose the taste or the smell I don't develop a cough I carry it and I can pass it I'm absolutely fine in terms of my health, but I've got it. Whereas someone else, God forbid, like yourself, for example, you could present with the taste and the smell loss and the and the breathing and, and, and that sort of thing. So there's two different types. So there are players, obviously, that would probably be out keeping themselves a little bit fit, but wouldn't be busting the gut in case mm. they, they, you know, they developed it and it, it, it became a problem for them. So, but that said, there's still 14 days or 10 days without training together, without running through tactics, without being around the group. I mean, I I know that they're professionals that go out and do it, but at the end of the day, they still need to be practising and training. Yeah, you still need to prep. You can't just not do anything. Turn up for it. It's not five days and you rock up and go, right, okay, let's do it. So, yeah, very odd. So Thursday, the 1st of October, unsurprisingly, Danny Johnson, Fox in the Box, He's not. Some people call him Danny Johnson, the ginger Pele. Let me say, there's he, only one ginger. There's Pelé. only one ginger Pele. He goes by the name of Matt Harold. Danny Johnson is Fox in the Box. So if anyone tweeting ginger Pele, no, he's Fox in the Box. Yeah. And Matt Harold will come round your house and tell you <laughs> otherwise. All right. <laughs> but well done to the Fox in the Box, Danny Johnson. Muchos gracias. Massively deserved. Absolutely agree with you. The club announced uh, also on Thursday, the 1st of October, that the away match against Walsall has been rearranged for uh, Tuesday, the 13th of October, kicking off at 7.45. So our friends over at Vital Walsall will be very much relishing that. <laughs> I mean, that's a very that's coming around very quickly. And again, that's another Tuesday, Saturday. Tuesday, Tuesday Saturday. Saturday. So it's, they're coming thick and fast at the moment, these fixtures. And to finish I guess off. With the bad weather coming, they want to try, or the worst weather coming, if you like, they want to try yeah. and get it all done, which is probably why the Carabao Cup's being crammed into six weeks. Yeah, it could be. Because they don't know what the season. You know, if we get to January, February, March again, which obviously we will do, but when we get there and COVID's in, like we're in another lockdown or it's, it's rampant and, and the football season has to stop again. And it doesn't continue until next season. It's like well, basically they don't want to replicate what's happened last season, this yeah. season. So that's why they're probably front loading all the all the fixtures. Yeah, we've got a very big squad, and we, as Ross has alluded to many times already in his interviews, he's going to have to use that squad. Yeah, a lot. So to finish off Thursday, then late in the afternoon, the club announced that the home game against Grimsby Town Saturday, seventeenth of October, has been moved from the normal three pm kickoff time to 5.30pm at the request of our visitors who don't want to stay overnight, they just want to do it as a day trip. So obviously to do that, they need more time to get themselves sorted uh, and ready for the match. So that one kicks off at half past five. Absolutely, not as I responded to someone alluding to the fact that it might Might be be on BT Sport. Yeah, my apologies for the misinformation (laughs) there. 
Friday the 2nd of October, XO and friend of this very podcast, Macaulay Bond. Macca is out on Sundays nowadays. He has signed for QPR from Charlton Athletic for a fee of £2 million and the O's rumoured to have a 20% net sell-on fee. It's important to note the net part of that because it takes out the fee that we've already received from Charlton. Nice. Nice. Great move for Macca. Much deserved. Top bloke. Couldn't be happy for him. And he scores on his debut in the 94th minute after coming on as a sub. Yeah. Why have the Rovers stuffed that? It's unbelievable. Signs Why on the, the Thursday, Rovers. plays on the Saturday, go and play your game, and he pops up in the 94th minute and scores an equalising goal to salvage a point at Sheffield Wednesday. No no rollover of a club either. Mega. With Gary Monk as their manager. You know, they've got good players in that squad. They signed a couple of forwards, Sheffield Wednesday. So... Great, great uh, debut. Delighted he's got his move to a big club like QPR. His hard work and his dedication has paid off. And, you know, he's he's a good guy, Macca, and, and he deserves what he's got. You know, he took a, you know, came from Colchester in the in the Football League, took a massive step back into non-league, not knowing how that might work out for him. Uh, did very well for us. Got a move to a championship club at the time. Obviously, they got relegated. Their off-field problems are very well documented at Charlton. Not a nice atmosphere, apparently. And then he gets a move. It's a great advert for Leighton Orient. So now you've got Stephen Alzate playing at Brighton. Brighton. You've got Josh Caroma, who has broken through now at Huddersfield. Pretty much played every game in the first team as a starter, which is great for him. Macaulay Bond at QPR. Fantastic. Great stuff. Great stuff. So we hope he goes on to have a long and prosperous career at QPR so yeah. Saturday the 3rd of October and the club announced that young defender Shadrach Ogi has joined Aldershot Town on a one month loan deal so we wish Shad all the best at the shots we absolutely do and as always before the game we run a Twitter poll on the Thursday to find out how you think the O's are going to get on in this one and after 295 votes in just 24 hours you voted as follows 24% of you thought it would be a draw. 25% thought that Orient would lose, but a whopping 51% thought that Orient would win, which basically means we're going to lose. Yeah, absolutely. So, as always, thank you for your votes. Charlton Town were up. The team was announced as normal at 2pm as follows, with Lawrence Vigarou in goal at the back, Sam Ling, Josh Corson, Joe Willowson, James Brophy in midfield, Joby McEnough, Usi Say, Josh Wright, and up top, Louis Dennis, on the left, Connor Wilson on the right, and Danny Johnson in the central striking role. And subs bench, Sam Sargent, Dan Happy, Craig Clay, JMD, James Dayton, Lee Angle, and Ruel Satouille. So the eagle-eyed of you will notice that there are five changes from the starting eleven against Mansfield Town two weeks ago. I mean, that's a decent starting yep. eleven. That's a strong, strong team. I think at the time, I just, I just hope they were all fit enough and well enough to play. It shows you the strength. And depth, like if that team was named as a normal starting eleven, you'd go, okay, that's not a bad team. Absolutely, oh, and literally, and, like, and that's about being on the back of a COVID outbreak. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, you're spot on. Um, I prefer to see Happy starting at left centre back. To be honest with you, I mean, um, you've got to presume that Happy had COVID. You, you've but, got to presume that's the reason why he hasn't started. But if he's good enough to be on the bench, it means he's good enough to play and well enough to play. Yeah, well. I agree. Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't have him on the bench, surely. I if he's not well, 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 then he shouldn't be on the bench. We've had that discussion many times on the yeah. pod, haven't we, in terms of youth as well. If they're good enough to 
be on the bench. And in theory, they're good enough to start. So, yeah, but you're right. I think, you know, Jamie Turley was on his Insta at Windsor Castle yesterday. He said that was his first day out since being in isolation. But I wonder why. He was probably told to stay away, I guess, if he wasn't going to be included. And he was never going to be included, Yeah, I guess. So maybe Dan Happy might have been not fit enough um, to play. But they just wanted him on the bench like as a kind of last resort, maybe. Not too sure. Yeah, possibly in case we got into any stuff. It's good to see Louis Dennis and Joby McEnough getting their starting places as well. So, all in all, very happy with that. We had a number of tweets uh, that came in before the match. Casey Adams, LOFC, said, just look at how strong that squad is. What a bench. Yeah, Slim Sadie, 8068, sorry, said, it's actually stronger than I feared it might be. Len M4 said, Woodison playing over happy and Turley is ambitious. Yeah, let's go with ambitious. <laughs> Deadly Monkfish said, obviously, you've got to give consideration to the fact we don't know who tested positive and their recoveries. That said, I don't back that team to get a result. Billy Herring 03 said, 03, sorry, said, I think we'll miss happy at the back and clay in midfield, but we've certainly got some attacking players in that lineup. Hard to be critical given that we don't know the full fitness implications of COVID-19 on the squad. I'm sure... Some will, though. Yeah, so the match kicked off as the O's returned to league action against the Cheltenham Town team. who also didn't play the week before as their match was also called off due to their opponent's Grimsby Town having a COVID outbreak. But the difference is Cheltenham Town were obviously still training all week, still That's doing right. all yeah. their normal prep. prep work, yeah. And Cheltenham Town, pretty decent team, actually. Obviously made the playoffs last season. Last season. Yeah. Um, and have Strength kind of done really season. well. So it was, it was always going to be a difficult game anyway, let alone with the fact where Ross Embleton alludes to it in his post-match that he basically had a 10-minute tactic meeting with the that team. Morning. And that was it. <laughs> so in hindsight, yeah, it was always going to go one way. The first 15 minutes saw both teams trying to get their rhythm going. Cheltenham, as you'd expect, enjoying the better of the play, but no real chances to talk about for either side. And Cheltenham took the lead in the 16th minute as an Andy Williams header was saved by Lawrence Vigaroo, but George Lloyd was there to touch in from close range via Sam Ling to put Cheltenham 1-0 ahead. I... I'll give my views in a minute, but I didn't think that was a Sam Ling goal. Did you see that as a Sam Ling goal? It's very harsh. No, I don't, but it's been credited as a Sam Ling yeah. goal, which is ridiculous, really. But very poor defensively in terms of the midfield. And again, it's really hard to be too critical because they, you might have had 11 players out there feeling absolutely rough. Do you know what I mean? We've all been to work when we don't feel well. And Breathing feel rough. problems. Do you know what I mean? That's hard enough anyway, let alone when you're playing as an athlete and you're not feeling yeah. 100%. So it's hard to be critical. Poor defensively, they had so much time on the left Cheltenham to ping it back and forth and to get their cross in. Brophy doesn't do enough to stop his man getting the header on goal. So George Lloyd, uh, sorry, Andy Williams beats Brophy far too easily. Brophy doesn't even really jump, really, which is disappointing. Great save from Vigaroo, and then we just don't react quick enough. Very harsh to call it a sounding own goal. Coulson really can't do much as he's on the floor, basically on the goal line. Disappointing, 1-0. What can you do? Terrible goal to concede. I thought we did absolutely nothing to stop the cross, as you just said. And then two of our defenders didn't do anywhere near enough to prevent the goal scorer. Credit to Vigaroo, though, for yeah. the initial save. I think the less said about that, the better. And I think you're right. This is a game that we can actually safely put, you know, give the team a bit of a buy for, in, in a sense that you, you can't expect a team who have just come back from some people, you know, testing positive. You don't know who's had it and who hasn't. That's the problem. Uh, for us when you're trying to debate the positives and negatives of someone's performance um, so it's easy to be harsh yeah. and it's easy to forget the fact that you don't know that you know Sam Ling might have had it quite seriously but he's put his body on the line um, 
as Ross said post match about the fact that you know they're, they're putting their bodies on the line for this yeah absolutely so we win a goal down not ideal 29th minute Charlton made it too as a cross came in from the left again uh, came in from ball and Finn Izaz rose highest in the box to place his header past the dive and once to make it 2-0 so again down the same side far too much time again they got a 2-1-1 on pinged it back great cross in the box to be fair great header um, from Izaz but we weren't pressing enough. It looks like it was Widdowson's man again. It's Widdowson or Coulson. I can't make up my mind which one of the two left him. I, think I thought it was Widdowson. I think it was Widdowson because it looks like it was on the left side of the box, which means it's Widdowson's man. But I, it's, I'm, I can't be critical of Widdowson for if he has not been well they're not playing well but then again it starts off this whole debate and again you'll see it in the post tweets it all starts off this debate again about Widowson being a centre-back and Brophy being a left-back so all these debates that have basically been raging on all season start all over again because the argument will be if you've got a Danny Happy in there then probably he wins the header or a Turley probably wins that header so it all kind of starts off this debate yeah, again but very again a poor goal to concede but again I can't sit here and be too harsh on the on the guys who are running themselves to the ground to play yeah. football, which the EFL really should have called off. Yeah, I, I agree. They should have said, like, rearrange it and play it at a later point. You're absolutely right. Defenders were caught ball-watching, though, I think, a little bit. Everyone was watching the ball and not the man moving. And, and yeah, I, I think Woodison or Coulson at fault there. Poor goal to concede. Let's move on. Yeah, 35th minute in the O's fault. They pulled the goal back because Danny Johnson... Prodded home from inside the penalty area, finding some good work from James Brophy and a nice pass from Louis Dennis. However, despite O's call saying the last touch had come off a Cheltenham defender, the offside flag was raised and the goal wasn't given. I think that was the right decision. I think he, he was offside. Yeah. And when the ball was played, whoever got the last touch is irrelevant. When the ball was played, Danny Johnson was in an offside position, in my opinion. Took it well. Yeah. Took it really well. Yeah. Smacked it in the back of the net. Absolutely. Just shame the flag was up. Not much to talk about for the next 10 minutes story of our lives uh, as uh, the referee brought the half to a close with the O's having it all to do in the second half. So we go in 2-0 down. We had a fair few tweets come in but Kid Sampson O's tweet um, ugly first half but not unexpected. No sharpness in our play and second to every loose ball. Wright and Dennis are having shockers and the less said about the defence the better. Nothing new there mind. Still completely baffled that we haven't signed a centre-half. So the second half kicked off with no subs in the O's. And in the 47th minute, we almost pulled a goal back. As Lawrence Vigoro's long kick expertly found Connor Walkinson in space up top, wide on the right-hand side. He's found some space, crossed the ball, was met by the oncoming Louis Dennis, who hammered a very decent volley just over the bar. If that had, that had gone in, it's a completely on. different game. game because on. then you've got the wind in your sails and... Charlton when they would start sitting back and you've got 40 minutes to go and go at them but even at this point you're thinking it's not going to be our day here like already you're thinking that if he puts that in absolutely right completely positive perspective moving forwards he's put it into the back of the Tommy Johnson (laughs) south stand and you think it's just not going to be decent effort though to be fair very good effort yeah Uh, 56 minutes on the clock so just shy of the hour mark there Joby McEnough burst past a Cheltenham player and was brought down just outside the box, up stepped Connor Wilkinson, whose free kick glanced off the top of the bar. That was um, that was a very, very good free kick. You would possibly argue with everyone up, is he not better off just putting it in the mixer? And 
I think he tried to take the keeper by the element of surprise, but I think the keeper had it covered. Like it didn't hit the post the right way. It was always hitting the post away from goal. You know what I mean? But decent effort enough. 67th minute in, Ross going for it. He made a triple sub as Connor Wilkinson, Josh Wright, and Louis Dennis all came off, and on came Leanne Gull, Roy Saturio and Jordan Maguire drew. So again, talk about strength and depth. There, those three players coming on the pitch are all decent players, yeah. all creative, all's first all choice can starters. offer you a di- something different. Yeah. So that good sub there from us. I like that trying to trying to get team back in the game. That's absolutely right. Almost an immediate impact from these substitutions as Royal Sotoriu had a goalbound effort blocked at the second attempt. Yeah. Good. Good. Good chance there. Maybe a, a fully fit and a sharp Satoru takes it first time and doesn't give the defender a chance to block it. Mm. But they t- defender blocked it. Good defending there. And in the 71st minute, another decent chance for the O's now. As James Brophy got forward again, made a decent run on the left, crossed it into the box. But Danny Johnson, on the stretch, could only put it over. Which is a bit of a shame. Um, not much to talk about over the next 10 minutes. As Cheltenham were happy to sit back with the O's, unable to create any clear chances yeah 83rd minute James Brophy got booked after a late challenge more frustration at this point knowing that you know against Mansfield you could feel that if we got one back we might go on to nick the draw which we did yeah uh, there was no there was never a point watching yesterday's game that I thought if we get one we'd get two or even that we'd get one it just Cheltenham seemed to be quite happy to kind of at 2-0 run just the kind clock of down. run the clock down sit yeah. back we looked tired as you'd expect Felt like a pre-season friendly, really, for the most part. I didn't really feel like a proper game, especially not having the crowd there as well. Sometimes these games don't feel like like real games. Yeah, fair enough. 87 minutes on the clock now, and Cheltenham had a free kick in a dangerous position that was fired well over the bar. Yeah, so five minutes of added time were held up on the board. In the 90th minute, Ruel got booked for simulation as he went down in the box. This was followed by another booking for the O's as Josh Coulson was booked for descent. And shortly after, the ref blew his full-time whistle as the O's unbeaten start to the season came to an unsurprising end at the hands of Cheltenham Town. So we've very kindly been sent Ross's post-match interview with Dave Fichter. So thank you to Dave. We're going to play the first three and a half minutes of it. It's an eight-minute interview, uh, which is available on the club's YouTube channel. But here is what Ross had to say. Ross, thanks for joining us. It's been such difficult circumstances. To what extent did that have an impact on the result? <laughs> um, it impacts it, Dave, but I think by no means will... Uh, I, don't, I think you would know by now I'm not an excuse maker. Um, we did everything that we could in our power today to come out and win a game of football, and we didn't. So, um, yes, I think there's been, um, you know, the way it's built up, built up this week, is uh, it's obviously had a bit of a hit on us, but at the same time, by no means am I going to uh, throw that out as an excuse. How much training, how much preparation time did you actually have with the group of players? About 10 minutes on the pitch this morning. Uh, first time I've been allowed out my house today uh, in terms of contact with the players. So uh, in their track suits this morning, I named the team this morning. I sat about 12.30, 12.45 today. I named the team and then walked through some bits that I thought might um, influence or impact the game. So uh, it wasn't a training session because everyone was in their track suit and their trainers. 
and once again we saw a stronger second half performance from the side. Yeah, and I'll take a little bit of responsibility for that, Dave. I think there's certain elements in our game that we obviously have been changing at half times, and when they come off and and you get back in the game, everyone says what a great team talk or a piece of work you must have done at, at, at half time. So I'll take a little bit of that responsibility. That clearly there's things in the first half we need to adjust, and and potentially if we can do that quicker, we've got more of a chance of not going behind or or, or actually going in front. Things didn't go late in the wind's way. Dan Johnson, was he offside? Well, I think he was in an offside position. So what I would say to that is that um, at half-time, the referee's answer to me was that uh, the defender and the attacker kicked it. So make of that what you like. Um, I don't know how that counts. If a defender and the attacker kicks it at the same time, well... <laughs> I don't know um, so I think he was an offside position would be my answer to that but at the same time uh, if our player and their player have both made contact with it at the same time I don't know if that cla- is that, that's classified in the rules as, a, as an offside Penalty appeals in both halves Yes I think they probably would deserve to have a penalty and I've not walked off the pitch in many games since I've been in this role as a manager and um, and both managers are both upset with the referee. I think they should have had a penalty in the first half. I felt as though, although both Royals ones in the in the second half both looked very soft, they were fouls. One was a push, uh, and the other one, the guy stepped on his foot. So you can say how easy he goes down, or should he shouldn't have, have gone to the floor, he fouled him. So we could have had two, but it's what it is. They didn't create many chances in the first half. The first goal went down as an own goal to Sam Ling. That seemed a bit harsh to me. Oh, really? I, I, I didn't know that. didn't notice that something at, uh, 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 in, during the half. Um, haven't seen it back yet, so that, 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 that does surprise me, to be honest. I think um, you know, I'm disappointed with the amount of goals that we are conceding, um, albeit you know we, we've, we've managed in previous games to bounce back. But uh, I've got no criticism today of the lads. People have put their bodies on their line. People have uh, put their welfare at stake and... Um, I think all of us are all in a grey area with this virus and, and a real lack of understanding of what it can do to you. So the fact that we've been sort of pushed in the direction of playing a game of football today has always concerned me all the way through because um, I worry for the welfare of our people, uh, our players, our staff. And um, that, that's what was the most important thing for me today, albeit it was a bonus if we'd have come out of it with something. So that was Ross Embleton talking about the Cheltenham Town game yesterday. We are going to play a bit more of his interview. In the last kind of minute of his interview, Dave asked him about transfer targets with the window, transfer window closing tomorrow uh, as we record this at 11pm. Ross was asked a question about bringing in any new faces and here's what Ross said on that. He's, uh, he's going to be welcomed. Any chance of increasing the, the squad? I'm hoping so. I've had a couple of conversations outside the 87 Zoom calls I've had this week about COVID. Um, one or two that were about uh, incoming players. So I'm hope, hoping that uh, at the early part of next week there'll potentially be one, if not, you know, if we can do it too. Can I ask the positions? I'm looking at defenders. Um, and then the other ones are sort of a bit of a grey area because we've got a num- couple of options in terms of uh, what we can do. So um, I think, we, first and foremost, the, the group needs... Uh, boosting in terms of the support that we can give to the to the boys that have, you know that have gone out there and going to have to go out there again on Tuesday, um, you know the much needed numbers, the opportunity for people to look over their shoulder and rest is going to be a welcome one. So uh, we think we're we're very close to to uh, bolstering the squad. Uh, we also lose Ruel, 
um, tomorrow for nine days due to international duty. So uh, fantastic for him getting called up to Cyprus under-21s. But obviously that leaves us a, a number short in terms of uh, numbers for Tuesday night as well. So that was Ross there being asked about any incoming players. So we'll see what happens there. I think when he says we've, we've been offered a number of options, I presume that's about the loan no, market. I can't imagine. And the loan market doesn't end tomorrow. So if we don't sign anyone on loan tomorrow, it doesn't mean that that chance will go away. So we'll all wait with bated breath and see what yeah. happens. But thanks to Dave for sending over that interview. Um, so league table then, we'll still go through it even though it's meaningless three games moment, in. Yeah. Three games in, won one, drawn one, with lost four, one. Four games in. But we've only played, played three, three yeah. yeah. So we've got a game to hand yeah. over most other teams in the league. Grimsby Goal difference of minus two. one. Uh, Grimsby, bottom of the league. Zero points played two, yeah. yeah. Um, four points, 17th. <laughs> Nothing to read into that as it stands. So, Mr Levy, your comments on yesterday? Yeah, it's always disappointing to lose in any manner. But after not having much time to train or work on formation and tactics because everyone has been self-isolating for the last two weeks, I'm really not surprised we lost. Cheltenham are no easy ride either. Many people expect them to be near the top come the end of the season. And before people criticise my view, I know Cheltenham haven't had a game since the 19th of September either, but they've been able to train, as you quite rightly asserted earlier, Mr Nussbaum. I'm keen to understand why Happy was on the bench and not starting. You are probably right in that he's probably not as well as Joe Widdison is, but he's there in case we needed him. Yeah, I guess we'll find out about that in more future lineups. So for me, I'm amazed. I know I've said it. I'm amazed this match happened. In all honesty, interesting to see Grimsby didn't play. Still on the back of their COVID outbreak. Yeah, it's a great point. Second week running. Um, Ten minutes on tactics with the players before the match against a good Cheltenham <laughs> team who haven't conceded an away goal since the eighth of February was only going to end with one winner. Let's all be honest. Come on, sloppy defending though goals were poor to concede and like I've said it felt more like a pre-season friendly but hopefully we haven't lost the spirit the confidence and the level performance we were seeing before the Covid outbreak you know we had seen some great late last gasp goals Danny Johnson was on fire Vigoru was commanding in his box hopefully that remains and we'll come on to your views shortly in terms of views we got on Twitter but I was really surprised and I don't normally kind of mention other people's views I kind of let them pass by and make comments but really surprised at some of the negativity and some of the views coming through yesterday about the team and about the individual completely forgotten the fact that we've just well, had a Covid outbreak in the squad well like right? I said like, I get Widowson I get the whole Widowson's not a centre back argument that's been going on for the last couple of months that will continue to go on for months in the future same with Brophy but in terms of <clears throat> plays being singled out and slated for performances yesterday I think that was very harsh I think that was very harsh but obviously we're a podcast who embrace and invite um, all opinions. So to finish my views, we'll have to shake that one off. Hope the players start to build fitness again. I mean, Tuesday's game, I, I'm not fussed about that, the way that goes. I think yeah, as long as the players are ready for next Saturday, which you look at and go on paper, that's a game Orient should win. Um, that's fine for me. Absolutely agree. And you do make a good point about the fact that Grinsby, why are they allowed to not play this weekend, but we're forced to? They've had a similar situation. Possibly less players have, ha- have had The only thing I well. can think of, less players or a later outbreak of COVID. I don't know when their outbreak was spotted, but if it was last Friday, then they might fall within the 10 days. But just disappointing at the moment. Yeah. you know. But like we've alluded to, loads and loads of views coming into Apps Orient Outlook on Twitter. Huge amount of feedback. Thanks to everyone who sends them. And just because we read them does not mean we endorse them. So Boatsy was the first in at the full-time whistle 
to say superb second half after a disappointing first half won't be criticising any player as it must have been a difficult few weeks playing after no games or training. Joby was excellent and I just hope we can stay COVID and injury free as we go to Barrow. Yeah, and I think he got called out on a, he a did, few tweets on, on that. Yeah. Um, Will underscore Herman said, looked off the pace two weeks without training showed. Yeah, Orient Liam. So that has to be the end to that defensive pairing at the back. John W99 said, they did okay. Need to get uh, minutes in more of the players on Tuesday and aim to be back fully competitive next Saturday. Dan Orton 2590 says, don't know how anyone could have expected a positive result after two weeks of no training. Hopefully, this now proves to the irrational amongst the fan base that training is actually quite important. You can't just turn up to games and rely on technique and heart alone. That is a great, great tweet. Record Blue Apps said, poor defensively and wasn't able to put too much pressure on in the second half. Yeah, D Ward underscore seven said, if that game had been pre-COVID-19, we'd have won it. Cheltenham had a good 20 minutes at the start, but they are nothing special. And I think that's saw Michael Duff on Quest actually say you know they didn't really play that well a bit like what Ross has been saying Cheltenham manager oh, right. so they didn't play well they had a good opening 25 yeah, minutes right. and then they didn't really push on from there so they didn't get out they said they got two or three more gears that they could have got out of and didn't so yeah. yeah but it's just our luck that we play a team that aren't doing great and beat us 2-0 and we could have had not have had Kobe we'd have probably taunted them but anyway, Will Perret said, need new defenders and uh, for both of you playing in midfield. But given the fact that we haven't trained together for two weeks, it could have been a lot worse than 2-0. Yeah, Vince Howard, 73. So defensively, a shambles and Joe is not a centre-back by any stretch. More fascinating was hearing that someone was cleaning their light fitting. <laughs> <laughs> that was alluding to, uh, to the commentary. I mean, on the Q&A that we mentioned earlier in the week, the question was asked to Ross Embleton about Joe Widowson and Ross Embleton said he did see Joe as being capable of playing there so that is from the horse's mouth like I said yeah. if you haven't watched it go back that question comes about an hour in about Widowson and Ross answers it without flinching or without beating around the bush he does see Joe as playing in that position at points in the season Matty LOFC Evans says was always hopeful we could get a result with the team we have but let's be honest momentum was gone the moment we missed the Spurs game because of Covid a game to forget, but let's hope we can recapture the early season form next match. Yep, Stroud Green O says, no major surprises. Good second half performance, though Cheltenham did sit back more, which probably helped make things look better after the break. Given the circumstances, I think we just draw a line under today and move on. Agree. Orient Ballbag said, poor performance, but maybe under the circumstances to be expected. Shoddy defending in the first half could easily have been two or three down before they scored. Only thing to take out of today's game is we definitely need to bring in a decent centre-back. The Menace 1881 said, did well to put a team out, could take infected players a long time to recover properly, which could be a worry. But we well done for everyone who managed 90 minutes. I mean, that's a great point. If you've had, you've had it, it could take you a couple of weeks, maybe even months until you're fully over it. And yeah. these players don't have weeks or months to recover. They need to be ready now yeah especially as it's Saturday Tuesday even if it's just Saturday <laughs> yeah. Saturday Saturday without the Tuesdays in the middle Creedy sorry Reedy QB9 said didn't play that bad overall bit of bad luck with the offside first half and had chances in the second considering the last two weeks it's hard to know where players were physically but Wooderson ain't good enough at centre back and writes a passenger learn to defend and will be decent Willie Dennis can't fault the effort especially under difficult circumstances but our defence is wide open and we are in desperate need of another decent centre-back, hopefully before the window closes. 
Pandemonium 1881 said, lost it in the first 45. Should the game have been played? Maybe not, but we didn't defend well enough from front to back to cut out supply. Encouraging second half. On another day, we might have got something. Put it down to end of a bad two weeks and move on. And as Matt Porter confirmed, it was effectively play or pay. Cheers at EFL. I can only presume that then, then that Grimsby will face sanctions. Yeah, so I think Matt Porter was on Orient Live after the match, and I presume that came up, was asked of it, and that's what Matt's reply was in terms of. Oh, there was a hashtag at Orient, Li- uh, hashtag yeah. Orient Live. I wasn't sure what that meant. Yeah, which so was a bit bad of me. Wilco 300 said, played okay without ever looking like winning. Poor defending for the second goal. Right result, no complaints. Royal should be a starter now. Always lively and a handful. Uh, Chris W underscore one said a frustrating game. The ref was a pain. It's always the same type of goal that we can see. Need a centre back before the window shuts. Mix the available players for Tuesday. Then on to Barrow hoping for three points. I need a beer after that uh, result. At this juice, it's to be expected to a certain degree. Better second half performance, which is encouraging going forwards. And I'm sorry, but Wright should be nowhere near starting. We desperately need a creative central midfielder as we can't rely on Joby to play all games and desperately need... A centre back. Interesting that Wright's being singled out. There's a f- few tweets that I saw, not to us, who was saying very similar yeah, I about Josh Wright. But again, maybe Josh just isn't is what is ill. Yeah. Absolutely, just don't know. Chef Kemp once a frustrating game where they controlled the midfield and made the most of the space out wide. Joby was the best player out there for us, closely followed by Louis Dennis. Les OK52 said, hard to judge fairly with the fitness issue. My concern was their goals came from having the freedom of Leighton down the wings, which is inexcusable. I'm like a broken record, I know, but please get Brophy further up the pitch and play Widowson at left back. Daniel underscore D44 said, after two weeks of no training and having to play one of the better teams in the division, the result was not as bad as I expected. That being said, I'm still concerned by how exposed our fullbacks are. Good to see that there is so much fire in that squad and Joby was immense. Yeah, Joby getting a lot of praise. Absolutely. You know, really good to see. Alan Gollidge said, we looked rusty in the first half hour and gave away two soft goals through poor marking. Then improved considerably and a disallowed goal should have stood as the ball to DJ did come off a defender. Missed Happy's aerial presence. But in the circumstances, the team deserve a lot of credit. For turning up and putting them bodies on the line, I, I do agree. Molly Folly 2019 said, The EFL forcing us to play was harsh, but we made life difficult for ourselves with the team selection again. Brophy and Widdison playing in the wrong positions and making mistakes and costing us goals and points. This is self-inflicted. Alan Reeves too. So lots of comments condoning that performance and saying second half was good. If that's the case... Why not perform like that in the first half? That's the third time this season we've gone two goals down. So regardless of what has happened, something isn't right at the start of games. It's a great point. point yeah. It's a great point. And we've been like that. We were like that in previous seasons as well, where we get going and we're a second half team. You can't get going into <clears> at half time either a goal down or two goals down. Just behind. Because at some point yeah. you ain't pulling those goals back. Yesterday. Yeah. You can't. You can't afford to start get get yourself going when you're already one or two goals behind. You're absolutely yeah, right. Good point. And Ross alluded to that in his post match mm. with Dave about there's something you know about the half time tip. No, it's it's just a tinkering. Just do it sooner in the game so we can get our way back mm. into the game a little bit quicker. Techno's trousers. Um, sorry, trousers. Techno. Sorry, said three home games. Two goals conceded in each is starting to tell a story. Yeah, good point. Orientitis said that oh, I love that to handle. The players have not been together for nearly two weeks. The momentum was missing. A cobbled together side, poor refereeing, all contributed to a poor result. And let's be honest, it could have been far worse. 
Kevin Cowland said, no one should be critical of that performance. Game should never have been played in the circumstances. But full credit to all the players who never stopped working. Special mention to Captain Fantastic, Joby McEnough, who was superb throughout. Sheer class. I am underscore MO. So we looked off the pace, but I expected that. Cheltenham are decent and took advantage of our lack of fitness by constantly switching the play from side to side, making us run. It's a great point. They were yeah. doing that all the time. Second half was better. We just could not get Johnson in the game. That's a very good spot, that. Switching it from side to side. Yeah, absolutely. Final word this week goes to Orient Fan TV, who said, COVID-19 with an angry emoji. No, no, uh, sorry, not one of us knows how much this has affected the players. You could tell quite a few players were off their game today. Still not too disheartened. I'm sure after a full week back at training, the players' performances will improve. Yeah, so those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. So if you agree or you disagree with any of those tweets we read out, let us know. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook@outlook.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast and you can find us on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. You absolutely can. At Design Cadby sponsored Prediction League, company branding, advertising, print digital and logo design specialist is what Design Cadby does. Uh, design Cadby offers, sorry, with all LOFC fans getting 15% off. Yes, 15% off. So if you've got uh, a company that you own or run or are involved with and need some branding done or some advertising, some digital print, logo design, he is your man. You can find James on social media at Design Cadby, C-A-D-B-Y. Um, that's on Twitter. He's on Facebook and also on Instagram. You can also email James now, hello at jamescadby.com. Yeah, so well done yesterday to DMC1 Entire at Bcross95 at SpringLeeNet at Orient underscore Ed. Orient underscore Ed always sits, well, sits in front of us, always predicts a loss, always goes for the loss. At Linden Orient, they all predicted the correct scoreline, so all got three points, which means currently George Girk sits proudly at the top of the prediction league with nine points, with a few followers and stragglers behind him on seven points with LOFC08, London Gary W, Smokos, at Springley Net, at the Tipping Tim, and at Wadsley, all on seven points, with lots more behind them. So as always, thank you for all of your predictions and more points to play for this coming week. So that wraps up uh, Saturday and the game with Cheltenham. So we move on to Sunday, the 4th of October. There were no ladies' matches as both the first team league fixtures against AFC Wimbledon and the reserves team fixtures against London, Lion- London City Lionesses fell victim to the rain and were both called off thanks to the weather. So let's round up this bow body in an hour or five. So time for our fantasy football league update. I mean, the league is all over the place for your Outlook podcast. At the moment... We have Mary T leading, followed by Jamie Wellham in second place. That hasn't added the points for the last set of games. And obviously, if you've got an Ollie Watkins or a Harry Kane or a Son, then you're going to be laughing your head off. But I'm currently a hundred. Jack Grealish. Yeah, I'm in a hundredth place out of two hundred and ninety-six players. But keep an eye out as that table will definitely update sooner rather than later. So let's move on. In. To positives and negatives. Mr. Levy, the returning legend, you can do the positives. Okay, uh, the O's are back playing football. I mean, we see that as a positive. In we've a seen it way. as a positive that we're actually playing football again. I'm not sure that is actually positive in hindsight reading <laughs> it now. <laughs> um, the support from the Spurs fans uh, we thought was absolutely immense. They didn't have to do that. They're spending 50 quid on a shirt for a club that has no real meaning to them. Yes. Um, so we thought that was good. And the unexpected additional revenue from the sale of Macaulay Bond. Um, as a huge positive, as that's roughly about three hundred and sixty grand, with additional losses about one point five million. That covers just over 
a third of our losses yeah, for great this point. season. So, so two, two out of those three positives are, are positives that we wouldn't have seen coming financially. Financially, yeah. Extra 50 grand in revenue and not all of that is profit, but an extra 50 grand in revenue and then the 360, which is pure profit. Yeah, I must say, speaking to the Spurs fans or thanking the Spurs mm. fans, I'll say thank you to the VAR side podcast. So I was on their podcast last Monday. If anyone's bored wants to listen to a Tottenham podcast, you can hear me on that for literally a full hour talking about Leighton okay. Orient and the last word on Spurs podcast, uh, which I spoke about the upcoming game. So it's great to go onto a Premier League podcast. Well, it's go. all not as good as the outlook. So negative of the week then. So we've got COVID virus at the club. Obviously, it's just negative from the last two weeks. So the COVID outbreak. And obviously, even though players might be able to play this, some still clearly aren't over it as well as what we would like them to be. Second is not playing the Spurs games, not just losing the... Um, the money from the match, but actually not playing it, not seeing Colson go up against the team he supported, not having Vigaru go up against the team that he represented at youth level, not seeing Ross manage against Mourinho, all these little elements. Yeah, and, true. You know, it could it could only have been a good thing. Even if we got hammered, they would, the players would have learned from playing against that quality of player. So a huge loss there uh, in more ways than one. And next ne- negative, losing our beat and start to the season. It's been lovely to sit here talking about late goals and late Danny Johnson goals and not being beaten for the first five. So to sit here tonight and to talk about a loss in unfair circumstances is quite the gutner, really. I feel quite hard done by it. And yeah, I, I'm not right. even an employee of the club or you know involved in that level, but I even feel hard done by sitting here tonight. And the fourth negative that we're going to mention is what Ross said in his um, post-match interview, we now lose Real Sotiru for next nine days and someone made a good point on Twitter saying if he has to go to any countries that are part of the um, isolation list I don't know where Rule I don't know where Rule is playing um, I, I wouldn't go find it you'll be here all night but you know there's a chance that Royal might have to self-isolate if he has to go to any countries where you didn't have to isolate so that wraps up positives and negatives Hero of the Fortnight then so we considered a few people for Hero of the Fortnight we considered Joby McEnough who probably deserves it on a playing level we considered Nigel Travis who we think has been out and about um, doing a superb job at board level and getting the, his message and the Orient point of view across however we're coming at it from a slightly left 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 field perspective tonight yeah we are we absolutely are and we're giving it to we're actually giving it to all the Spurs fans who made a purchase uh, through the club shop raising over 50 grand so thank you yeah. to each and every Spurs fan who Helped out our club absolutely at that time. So next week's fixtures. Yeah, we've got two fixtures coming up this week, as we've already mentioned. Our next opponents are AFC Wimbledon at home in the Football League Trophy on Tuesday, the sixth of October, kicking off at seven pm. AFC Wimbledon, they're currently twelfth in League One after they lost two one at home to Accrington Stanley on Saturday. So let's get off. AFC Wimbledon have had a really good start to the season, and they've been in really good form since February. I know we keep mentioning February is a long time ago, but it really wasn't if you look at it in terms of football. But AFC Wimbledon have really kind of turned the corner and they were unlucky to lose yesterday from what the highlights I saw. So depending on what team they put out, that could be a really tough game potentially, depending on how seriously they're taking the tournament. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, then we make the long trip to Barrow away on Saturday the 10th of October. They're currently 21st in League 2 after two draws and two losses. Uh, they lost 1-0 away to Carlisle uh, on Saturday in the Cumbria Derby. So That is a long 
trip. Yeah, that is a long trip. My sister lives just outside. Well, my sister lives in Cumbria. That's about on a good day. It's a six and a half hour. Imagine on a coach. On a good though. day. Imagine on a coach when everyone's not Which feeling. Just doing sixty miles an hour. Yeah. So hopefully that journey doesn't take too much out of the boys because that that is a long one to do and a long one to come back from. Especially when you look at it now and you go, we've got Barrow away on the Saturday, followed by Walsall away on the Tuesday. That's that's pretty gnarly. Harsh, isn't it? Yeah. That's, pre- that's might pretty as gnarly. Well, for what it's worth, they might as well drive back down and stop off in the Midlands. Yeah, they might as well. I don't know if they will. They yeah, probably won't. They probably stay won't. Stay in a hotel for a couple of nights, just be fresh and ready, no travelling. Yeah, it's a big ask, isn't it? Yeah, because then they're away Friday to Wednesday, so that's a long time to be away from families and pet and friends and, not, not friends, but families and children yeah. and whatnot. So. And I don't think he's fit, but Ollie Palmer... Is at AFC Wimbledon now, so maybe we'll see Oli Palmer. Oh, Although I, I think he's injured, but I could be wrong there. Okay. Also, worth remembering transfer deadline day at 11 pm, Monday the 5th of October. So that deadline is only for transfers, it's not for the loan market. So if we don't sign transfers. anyone tomorrow, don't get disheartened because it doesn't necessarily mean that people and players will not and come. Didn't in. Martin Ling say something about that being to international transfers? Isn't the domestic? I think the domestic transfer window might not shut for another no, couple of weeks after that. No, it'll be domestic. It'll be domestic as well. As well yeah, as yeah, international. Yeah, okay. Definitely. So, uh, quick sponsorship reminder then. Don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook, at Big Ads, LOFC on Twitter, for all your plastering and rendering needs. Yeah, so that is it, ladies and gents. Thank you for joining us for the long-awaited episode 200. And 18. It's been a roller coaster two weeks as the O's have gone from being in the third round of the League Cup to a full blown COVID outbreak throughout the squad, which meant we missed out on a lucrative game against Premier League side Spurs, as well as a league fixture that's been rearranged. Yeah, the players are now back together, but from being in a rich vein of, vein of form and from having been training a bit longer than most League Two teams, which we were seeing the benefits of before the COVID outbreak, Ross and the staff don't have much time to train and work on tactics as the fixtures are coming thick and fast this week. Yes, yeah, so if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a review. We're on 86 iTunes reviews now. It'd be lovely to get that over 100. 100. So come on, if you're listening on iTunes now, come on, come out of the podcast app, go into reviews, give us five stars and give us a nice little comment. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, any other podcast platform, add us to your favourites if you can. And that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. We are also on all smart speakers. So we are on Google Google okay. Echoes, Amazon Alexas, etc. etc. We should be on Amazon Music Podcasts now, I think as well. So if you do listen on Amazon Podcasts, please go and listen to us that way. And we haven't mentioned these bad boys for months, but we've had an influx of orders. We still have we now have six Orient Outlook podcast mugs left. Once they are gone, they are gone. These aren't being reprinted. These are not being remade. It is done. Six podcast mugs left. Coming up to lovely time. Christmas, Hanukkah, Halloween, Guy Fawkes Night, whatever. Six left. Get your piece of history. There are five three pound postage. If you would like one, drop us a DM. As I say, six I left. I love my podcast mug. They're amazing. Genuinely, because they, I've washed it through the dishwasher on numerous occasions and it still looks brand new. <laughs> Thank you to Philip Wichello for his order, um, an unprovoked order uh, earlier in the day. Unprompted. Unprompted. <laughs> unprompted order earlier in the day and thanks to David, John at Reddington for their orders. So we have six left. Once they are gone, they are gone. They are not coming back. 
So, yeah. one yours, a Great. fiver, three pound postage. Great plug there. Uh, and not to forget about anybody who um, may not be listening to us at the moment. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, or an Orient chum who you think will like what we've got to offer here in the Orient Outlook podcast, grab their phone, download it for them, and pass the pod. Especially as there's lots of Spurs fans that uh, yeah. have taken an interest in Orient. We could uh, pick up a few extra listens. That would be lovely. Yeah, so all being well, fingers crossed, hopefully we are back next week for episode 219. COVID I'm available. Free. The Bearded Legend is available. As yeah. long as the team play, we will be here next week with all the information and views that you could ever need and hopefully talking about two wins. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.